0: Welcome to CalCast, your creative international podcast.
1: We give you a new perspective on events happening in our world today. This is GNN. This is God Network News, Episode 145. Welcome GNN fans to another episode of God Network News, the podcast that tells you what God's doing around the world. Not what CNN tells you, but what GNN tells you is going on in the world. If you're tired of listening to all of that crisis network news, and you want to hear what God's doing, well, give us a listen. The beginning of this year, we were celebrating New Year's 2020 at our home in Thailand. And my wife prepared a wonderful gathering of our friends, close colleagues, and we had a precious friend of ours, Todd Johnson, who is one of the foremost missions strategists, foremost mission researchers, and foremost mission publishers of reference books that are used by mission agencies and mission workers and mission trainers around the world. Todd Johnson is an incredible man. Todd started his mission research career many years ago with a man named David Barrett, who was a well-known mission researcher and publisher all over the world by mission agencies around the world, highly respected. Todd was mentored by David for many years and took over his ministry when David passed away. My wife will introduce Todd and tell you where he's working and what he's doing in this episode. The next three episodes will be of Todd sharing a message that I think is very important for many of us that are listening. And those of us that maybe who are not missionaries or involved in the mission uh, effort would probably be interested to hear this as well. And that is, what is the future of Frontier Missions?
0: When I was doing some of this work I was in Singapore and I loved the Straits Times which because we've lived in Singapore on two occasions a great newspaper and I was reading in the Straits Times this fact here that 9 out of 10 Singaporeans are comfortable living and working with people of other religions and ethnicities. And I thought to myself, you know, that's that's remarkable because that's not true in a lot of other places. There was just a study in the United States showing that white evangelicals are actually the least friendly to immigrants and refugees. Uh, only about 20 some percent of white evangelicals think it's a good idea for people from other countries to live in the United States. That, that, now that, what that told me is that, again, um, you know, Frontier Missions is all about reaching uh, people um, in other religions. Uh, the irony is that, uh, as we heard earlier, the Americans feel like they should be writing more and more books. Americans that are the least friendly to other people and other religions are writing the books about how to reach other people. And I, when I was in Singapore, I got a chance to talk uh, to Singaporeans and I said, we need to listen to your books. We got to stop writing our own books, listen to you. You're comfortable in this in this context Singaporean Christians are comfortable we need to hear from them and Thai Christians too when, when I was able to speak with Thai Christians I said don't translate any more of our books read write your own books because we need to hear from you about what it's like because we are failing terribly if we're not we don't even like people I, I went to a <laughs> uh, no I, I went to a to a um, to a seminar on reaching Muslims in the United States. It's a group that's been around a long time, and I sat next to a guy, he said, you know, I don't like Muslims. Uh, I don't think they should be in this country, but you know, I suppose I should do something. I mean, it's just so sad, I could barely believe it. Uh, You know, uh, I hate these people, but I'm gonna reach them for Christ. You know, that you don't want those people leading frontier missions, that's what I'm getting at. And, And of course, our leaders aren't all like that. I'm just saying, that's the context and the situation. Uh, the other challenge we have, as I, I, as many of you have probably been, I was in, in Mongolia uh, last year, um, had a really wonderful time, and the leadership there, and the top leadership, you know, the Bible societies and, and other people were telling me, we have a big problem. We're too Western and we're too Korean. There's 600 Korean missionaries in Mongolia, and um, we have got to recover our Mongolian Um, culture in relation to Christianity. So they're going back and actually retranslating the Bible. And even even in Genesis and so on, it was completely different than what had been translated by other people. So we just got to be careful, you know, about that. Another another thing I I, I, we have a friend in Uzbekistan, who's a Bible translator, and they just did a wonderful translation. And uh, she said, Well, we, and she has uh, two degrees from my seminary in Old Testament and biblical languages. And she said, we decided we're going to translate the best Western commentary on, um, uh, uh, you know, on the Bible. So they started in Genesis, they translated uh, a few pages, and then they thought, this is crazy. This, you know, this from it was from Europe, this um, commentary is so different Than our own culture. Our own culture, our own Uzbek culture is very close to the biblical culture, and we're going taking this bizarre detour through a highly individualistic culture to try to understand Genesis. And they said we can't they stopped translating. We're not gonna translate this because it's so far from the from from the culture and we're so close. Why are we making this big detour? But most of the material that's all around the world in global Christianity is from the West still. See, that's that's the issue. So um, here's another thing. Now we'll get straight to frontier missions. In 1954, percent of the world was unevangelized. In 2000, it was about 30 uh, percent. We just released figures two weeks ago. We think it's about 28 percent that have never heard of Christ. That's a big. That's a lot of progress, right? But here's the one that that is the is for today. And that is we think in 2050, it's still going to be 28%. And uh, this is what has to be grappled with, why is that the case with as many good things that are happening? And our single, um, you know, the single piece of research that we've done, I think that shows the gap is that 87% of Muslims, Hindus and Buddhists don't personally know a Christian. So, so I, I think there's a relationship gap. And the only way to solve that gap is to send people who are good at relationships, okay, and who are who are comfortable living with people of other religions and ethnicities. So that's why I think the shift of Christianity the South has to be a shift of missionaries and missionaries not carrying out Western plans. Because that's been the way that it's been done up to this point, is that Western people have said, we wanna welcome people from all over the world to our table to do our agenda. That's very common, very common. That's the way that things are done. But something new, you, you're you very familiar with this, so I'm not telling you anything new, but I'm just saying from my perspective, something new is happening and Here's, here's, here's friends of ours um, that we're gonna be with next year again. Uh, she was telling us, some of you probably know her, actually. I know she relates to Create.
1: You're listening to God Network News Podcast with your host, Cal Curtis. Look up our website at godnetworknews.com.
0: They had this special painting done for their family. Um, and she's been our host in, in Uzbekistan. And she told us, you know, the Uzbek church is not very strong or big they actually sent missionaries to another place. I, I probably shouldn't say here, but so another place. And that, that was another, another country even. They sent people to another country and the people they met there they said, you're, you're the first people who are just like us who have told us this good news. Because there's a large group of people in that country who are very different culturally who've been trying to evangelize them. But when they showed up, they said, you're just like us. And they really had a t- really terrific, um, time, uh, with, with them because of that. So I think this is where things are headed. I think, uh, this is what my hope is, but I'm saying our assessment is still based, I think, on things continuing as they are, because actually, the resource base from the West is not shrinking, it's getting stronger, there's more independent movements, there's more money. So so it, it's not going to go away, it's going to be hard to take initiative apart from that, I think. And uh, so and even our best organizations still are inviting people to the table so so my hope is that the this the kitchen is open and you invite Africans in the kitchen you're gonna get food that really tastes good you know instead of whatever is in there right now but so I won't take that any further but I'll stop there and just say again sort of from a very broad uh, view these are some of the things that I've been hearing listening to and feeling that. Um, that uh, are going to help determine the future. I think what I'm saying is we're not going to get where we want to go in Frontier Missions unless the kitchen changes. That's what I'm saying. It's, it, it's not, I'm not saying it would be nice if Africans were in the kitchen. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the future of where we want to go is Africans in the kitchen as my the example I was giving, and Asians in the kitchen, oceanians in the kitchen, Latin Americans in the kitchen i, I think I think my own assessment of of the the uh, plateau of frontier missions is precisely this: as long as Western people make all the decisions, I'm not saying I, and I think Western people need to to be a part of the future of French missions. This isn't about the decline of the of the West. It's about the rise of the rest. To quote uh, Fareed Zakaria's post-American world, a post-American world is not one where Americans have no place. It's a one where Americans learn how to get on the same level as everybody else. Instead of and eco- this is economics, of course. I really like that. So it's not it's not Western people going home in saying I have nothing to do—it's quite the opposite. In fact, Western people are really doing fabulous work on contextualization. Some of the best. So, so I think Western people have a have a, a crucial uh, future in frontier missions, but it's not leading everything. That's that's what I think is going to has to change. And I think when that changes, we'll 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 make more progress. That's that's what I'm saying. I might be wrong, and I'm only saying it really from my. You know, my role is somebody who's trying to pay attention to what's going on around the world. Um, but it seems to me that's a, another pivot we're at because we, you know, with with uh, Trisha's parents and, and many others saying we're gonna reach every people group by the year 2000, which was a, a noble, you know, um, goal to have. Now we're 20 years later, we're still a long ways. And I think the reason we're still a long ways is because the shift of Christianity has not really made its way into frontier missions How about I mean again I'm speaking very generally uh, there's lots of exceptions yeah. but in one sense the exceptions prove the rule I think so yep so so we don't want to encounter you like this one? <laughs> we don't want to encounter Christianity as a white religion when it is a truly diverse religion that's a uh, Like and and we've had a personal experience in Thailand where we had a Buddhist um, landlord who is a CMU professor and I gave him a copy of my Atlas as a housewarming gift at the very end and he looked through it and he said Christianity is not a white religion is it because he had thought it was and he saw all these maps and charts and I thought to myself wow that's that that's what I want to say you know Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so for him it was an academic thing you know as a, another professor he'd look through it and i thought yeah that's it it's not a white religion and one last thing cuz i i'm going to i'm going to be um giving this talk in about a month at Gordon-Conwell. I have like 20 minutes to say what got me into this work. And it's all gonna be about my, my time at Kaui Dung in Thailand. And what happened there is I was in on a YWAM team uh, and there were a lot of people from Hawaii and California and then they all left. I was the only, American left and there was uh, two Malaysians, a Filipino, a South African and a Swiss person. I think there might have been one more person, maybe French. I mean, we were an odd team, mostly women. And uh, we went to witness to the Cambodians and, and had really a spectacular time as many did in the camps. And I remember my Cambodian students looking at me one day and saying, who are you people? Because we weren't from one country. We were from, all these, we were from all these countries around the world, and we were saying the same message. And they said, who are you people? That you have this kind of a religion that's just all over the place. And I thought, what an ideal situation. I've always thought if you could bring a team from all over the world to witness every time you witness, I mean, it's not practical, of course, but uh, it had a big impact. And it changed me too, because it introduced me to the global Jesus. So, so for me, that was really a uh, important uh, pivot. And that's I'm going to tell that story when I talk to my chapel. So. <laughs>